John chapter 17. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give you eternal life to all those who have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so, so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them, and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. Thanks, Josh, for the opportunity to share God's word with my Epping Church family. As my sermon is during the school holiday, I was given the freedom to choose a topic, and I did. That was at the end of January. During the last very few weeks, the whole world has turned upside down. The mighty nations, the humans who seem to have conquered everything with unprecedented technology, believed and behaved as if humans and nations are gods. We believe almost we are almost in full control of our lives. A virus, an invisible thing, brought the whole world down to its knees. The believers in Christ are not immune from the difficulties, pain, 
fear and anxiety of the coronavirus and the uncertainties of the future. That's why we need continuous grace, strength and power from God to endure. We hope that we would not just endure, but will come out of these difficult times stronger in faith and our characters have been changed to be more like Jesus. We lived our lives up till this moment and we thought the world is stable as a rock. Literally, this life as we used to ceased to exist in a matter of a few weeks. That reminded me with the words of the famous hymn, All other grounds are sinking sand, and Jesus Christ is the only solid rock upon which we should stand. As I thought about all these events, I feel the need to look up to God for help. And maybe he will challenge our way of life up to this moment, so the future will be different. This prompted me to change my earlier sermon. I trust the message I am going to share with you from John 17 will be a message of encouragement, hope, and may also prompt you to realign your life for a different future. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus, or you believe, but you are struggling in your relationship with Him, I hope this message will motivate you to put your full trust in Jesus and live with the encouragement and hope that only Jesus can give. The four Gospels stated that the Lord Jesus prayed regularly to the Father. Only a few of those prayers were written in the Gospel for us. John, in chapter 17 of his Gospel, records the longest and deepest prayer from Jesus to the Father. This prayer is particularly important because it was Jesus' last before going to the cross. The prayer has three parts, and I will only focus on a few, on a few verses of the third part. The first part of the prayer, Jesus prayed for himself, for the Father to glorify him as he finishes his work, with its climax being death on the cross. The second part, Jesus prayed for his disciples. He prayed for their protection as he was leaving them in the world. He also prayed for them to be united, holy, revealing to the world God's truth and glorious character, which Jesus himself revealed to them. The third part, which starts from verse 20, Jesus prayed for those who will believe in him through the testimony of the disciples. This testimony is about what Jesus revealed to them. For us now, this testimony has been recorded in the Bible. So in this part, Jesus prayed for us. There is a lot that can be found in this part of the prayer, but I will focus on two points only. First point is unity. Verses, I read verses 20 to 23. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, 
that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Jesus commissioned his disciples to take the good news to the whole world. It is obvious that the people of the world are diverse and different. People are different in where they live, ethnicity, culture, language, economic and social status, and so many others. And of course, each person has a unique features and character or personality. Diversity is God's creation and it is good. But when marred or polluted with sin, it has been a source of racism, hatred, conflict, murder, war, and all sorts of evil between individuals, families, communities, and nations. When the different people believe in Christ, at one level, they are united. They are saved by the same Savior. They have become the sons and daughters of the same Father. Jesus lives in them by his Holy Spirit, and they are in unity with him. This unity is a reality because it is made by God. When people believe, they are joined together, and they become part of the one body of Christ on earth, which is also called the church. So the believers in any certain location, say Epping, form and meet as a local church or community. They meet together, worship together, grow together in Christ, and together serve and invite others in their community to follow Christ and join their local church. The fact is, close interaction between people with all sorts of differences would create friction and conflict and disunity. Jesus in his prayer stresses that his followers, although diverse, should live a life of unity, practicing love and reconciliation and service towards each other. This is very different from the norm in the world. Jesus said this unique life of unity and love will influence others in the community and attract them to believe in Christ. This is true at all times, but is particularly important and tested during difficult times. At difficult times, my interest and desire strongly may clash with others. In Epping Presbyterian Church, we are a sample of this diversity, and we live in a diverse community. We have the challenge to live guard and strengthen this unity of love and servanthood towards each other and also extend the same attitude and action to the people around us, especially the needy and the vulnerable. 
Material needs are always important to people, especially at the times of crisis. And it is good for us to be able to help in this area. But we must keep in mind that mental needs and the consequences of loneliness is probably more critical to so many people during this time of physical social separation. We must be creative in finding ways to help each other and find ways to maintain social connection. Regular phone calls, other technological ways for whoever can use it are mostly needed at this time. When thinking about unity, let us narrow the focus to the small community of the family. Individuals in the family, husband, wife, children, brothers, sisters, are also different. And each has his or her personality or way of thinking and behaving. Social separation and staying at home means members of the family are in each other's face all day, day after day. Situation never experienced before. And has the potential to negatively impact the relationships and the unity within the family. Nevertheless, Jesus expects and prays for us to show love, tolerance, patience, and servanthood to each other. Now it is time to pray like never before. We need to be praying to guard this unity so that God's grace in this unprecedented experience would bring like never before lasting godly changes to our characters. And this situation will help us to improve and enrich relationships between us at all levels And in particular, I'd like to stress and emphasize the love and unity or intimacy between husbands and wife. The second thought about from this, ver- from this part is the father's love to the believers. And that's in fe- verse 23. I am in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. You have loved them as even as you have loved me. We know and preach that God so loved the world that he gave his only son to die for us so that we will not die but have eternal life. This has been the ultimate demonstration of God's love to us. But this statement in verse 23, that the Father has loved us as he has loved the Son, takes us to rich or depths involving the mystery of the Trinity itself, much, much beyond our understanding. The Father loves you and me as he loves the Son. How much is the love between the Father and the Son within the Trinity? Unimaginable. The theologian Don Carson, in his commentary on this incredible statement, seemed to be unable to find suitable words. So he said, The thought is breathtakingly extravagant. Don Carson continues with its implication on our lives. And he says, 
Christians themselves have been caught up into the love of the Father for the Son, secure and content, fulfilled because loved by the Almighty Himself, with the very same love He reserves to His Son. It is hard to imagine a more compelling evangelistic appeal. And may I say, it's hard to find a more compelling reason for us to consider how we live. Being secure, content, and fulfilled by this love of the Father should have a profound impact on our lives. It is incredibly encouraging and helps us in dealing with many of the challenges in our lives. I'll just mention three challenges. I personally can identify with many of them. The first challenge is, this love of the Father Almighty should help help us in dealing with the feelings of fear, anxiety, inferiority, insufficiency, failures, low self-esteem, or the need to be pleasing people at all times expecting to receive their love and praises. The second thing is, this love of the Father Almighty should help us in dealing with the idols that can have a place in our hearts and control our lives to one degree or another. Idols in our hearts could be good things like family, status, success, money, maybe good health, and all types of security and protection. They are good things, and most of them are gift of God. But when we allow them to compete with God for our devotion, love, time, energy, and service, they sit beside God or even take His place. Thirdly, the love of the Father Almighty should help us to, fu- to fully trust Jesus in every area of our lives at all times. We probably trust Jesus will get us to heaven by his death on the cross. But many times we don't fully trust that he can and will meet all our daily needs. If we believe with all of our minds and hearts that God loves you and me as he loves the Son, What else do we need? To experience not just a normal Christian life, but a glorious Christian life, filled with hope and peace during all times, even during times like the corona pandemic. This hope and peace will fill and comfort our hearts, but it will also help us to help others around us. Many of them, believers or non-believers, cannot make sense of what is happening and have run out of peace and have little hope for the future. We need to continually remember that as we go through life and its difficulties, we trust, depend, and ask for God, God's grace and strength. Challenges and trial will then produce a life, a Christian life, like never before. Jesus prayed for us, and we should be praying for help from God, for ourselves and for each other all the time. 
we should pray like never before. I trust you have been encouraged and maybe God is directing you to realign your life to be more in line with his will. Let me close by recalling Paul's prayer for the Thessalonians. Paul prays with confidence because God is faithful and able. Let's pray. May the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Amen.